Hello and welcome to Hell No, a true crime podcast by your host, Lauren Lucio. I've got some hot coffee, a comfy seat, some nice lighting, and a quiet house. So, time to record. I have had to wait all day to record. The cicadas, they're these bugs that live in the trees and they make this very high-pitched noise they were so loud all day it was coming through the mic was picking it up and they were giving off some serious decibels they're quiet now so let's record let's get into it before i start though i would like to address the sad news that happened this week the death of bob saget yep 65 years old he did a show, was on stage performing a few hours later, goes back to his hotel room, dies suddenly. I read there was no drugs present, so I guess that rules out overdose. But it's just very sad news. I remember when I was a child watching Bob Saget in his role on Full House, the the dad of the like the Tanners. And he was the host on America's Funniest Home Videos. And me and my family used to sit around and watch those. And I just have very fond memories. As I got older, I found out that he was a filthy stand-up comedian. (laughs) His stuff, his stuff was so dirty. It, It shocked me the first time I heard it. I was like, no, no, that is not the Tanner family dad so if you're over the age of 18 and you have not heard Bob Saget's absolutely filthy comedy skits stand-up comedy you should check it out and you're in for a shock maybe even a laugh depending on your sense of humor well R.I.P. Bob Saget you will be missed all right let's get into the case that I'm going to be talking about today Um, So the case I'm going to be talking about today is a bone-chilling one. I first heard about this case a couple years ago, and it always stuck with me. So let's just get straight into it, because I've got a lot of information to unpack here. So the time was 8.15 p.m. on a Saturday night, July 16th, 2011, in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Tyler Hadley is three pills of ecstasy deep so he is rolling hard okay and he posts on his facebook wall quote party at my house hmu means hit me up so tyler's friend responds whoa what what if if your parents come home so i say whoa like that because it was like in in capital letters and it's spelled w-h-o-a whoa tyler then says to this trust me they won't so what 17 year old tyler hadley is saying is that he's having a party at his parents house and don't worry they're not coming home but what he's not saying is that he had just brutally murdered them so who is tyler hadley well december 16th 1993 he is born to father blake hadley an engineer at a nuclear power plant and to his mother mary joe hadley an elementary school teacher tyler was born premature and he only weighed three pounds and 10 ounces he required an incubator and medical attention to make sure he was developing properly he survived and grew into a cute little boy that his parents loved so much 
He has an older brother named Ryan Hadley, who is six years his senior, six years older than him. As a young boy, Tyler had a great home life, spending weekends in the family pool all together. Him and his father would play basketball in the driveway well into the evening. His mother and father loved him so much and they were very good parents, providing more than enough for him to thrive. There was never any evidence of abuse in the household, nor did Blake or Mary Jo have any alcohol or drug addictions. So it was a very stable household. Unfortunately, Tyler seemed to run into mental health problems at a very young age. And in some reports, they say as young as six years old. From the age of 10 to 17, Tyler was put on a myriad of medications for depression, anxiety, acne, ADHD, thyroid medications, and growth hormone injections. These include Lexapro, Adderall, Prozac, Accutane, Cytolopram, Hydroxine, and he had also developed bulimia and low self-esteem. So he was put through the thick of it at a very young age. This would have been very hard. As a young boy, he was well-behaved, but as Tyler started high school, he seemed to become dark, rebellious, and unpredictable. The vibe I'm getting is loose cannon. At 12 years old, he was drinking. At 14 and 15 years old, he was recreationally taking Xanax, Oxycodone, and Percocets, as well as his prescribed medications. He had been stealing from his parents, acting out in class, skipping school, drinking, lying, smoking weed, taking drugs, stealing drugs, fighting, breaking windows, messing up people's yards by smashing things on them, and applying shoe paint to cars, which I've never heard of, but must be very unpleasant. He was also lighting fires. He really liked to light fires. He, at one point, um, took an old couch out to a nature preserve, splashed it with gasoline, really doused it, and then lit it up. The fire department had to be called to extinguish it because it got so large. One day, he got into a fight with another teenage boy and was charged with aggravated battery and was given a one-week jail sentence in the St. Lucie County Jail and two weeks house arrest. As you could guess, his parents were not happy about that at all. They could not control their son anymore and it had become so taxing on them. So in in an effort to punish him, Mary Jo took away his cell phone, but she left him with his laptop. That's how nice these parents are. They leave him with a laptop for his time on house arrest, but they take away his cell phone. So he gets out of jail, he's at home on house arrest, no cell phone, but he has his laptop. And he's on Facebook and he's having a conversation with his friend. And I'll, I'll read this conversation, but I'm going to refer to her as I instead of saying her name. Tyler, don't text me about drugs. I, what happened? Tyler, my mom has it because I got arrested on Monday and she is flipping shit. I just got out today. I, oh shit, Tyler, fucking shit suck. So that is in all caps. So maybe I should read it a bit further from my mic so I don't blow your earbud out of your ear and uh, sucked has two c's four k's two e's and two d's so fucking fucking shit suck I you bad kid Tyler 
Just kidding, it's a pirate's life for me. I, L-M-A-O, W-T-F, are you talking about? <laughs> it's like an alphabet. Tyler, I don't fucking associate with non-pirates. So that was all in, in caps. So I just pulled away from my mic a bit to read my, you know, my all caps tone. So I don't, I don't fucking, I don't fucking associate with non-pirates. I, what? Question mark, question mark. Tyler, okay, I'm done with all the nautical nonsense. I, smiley face, you're so silly. What are you doing? Tyler, nothing, considering suicide. I, why? Tyler, um, because I want to die, I guess. What other reasons are there? I, are you being serious? Tyler, yes, I do want to die sometimes. I, don't die. There's like three E's on the end of that. So don't die. Smoke a bowl whenever you're down. Tyler, I used to. Now I drink a lot when I'm depressed. It fills the emptiness inside me. So that's all caps again. So it fills the emptiness inside me is in all caps. I, you're quite the character, winky face. Tyler, yes, but all smiles are fake. So Tyler had also been telling his friends that his father had punched him in the face and that his mom was a bitch. And it was never proven that any of this had happened. And it was actually thought that maybe the opposite had taken place, that maybe they you know, maybe we're a bit too easy on him. And according to an interview after the trial on WPBF 25 News, Tyler's uncle, Blake's brother, um, he says this. So this is this is a quote. I'm going to read it. Quote, please take a look at the way you are raising your children. There is a right and a wrong way to do that. And a little spank on the butt here and there is not a bad thing. It's good medicine, probably the best medicine God ever gave us. Do it right and you'll have good kids that will grow up and maybe protect you instead of killing you, unquote. Take from that quote what you will. I'm going to leave that there. I'm not going to go into anything further, but I just, I'm just going to leave that there. You make your own mind up about, about what he is saying there. One month before Tyler's house party in June, Mary Jo was very worried about Tyler's mental health. He had come home incredibly intoxicated. Like, I am talking some ashta. Something happened that night to make Mary Jo believe Tyler was going to harm himself or others because she then took the steps to have him involuntarily undergo psychiatric treatment at New Horizons, which in Florida can only be put in place under the circumstances that without help, then the child is at high risk of harming themselves or others. I don't have an exact amount of time Tyler was receiving treatment, but just two weeks before his party, he was at home on Facebook um, ch chatting to friends. So in June, he goes to New Horizons and July 2nd, he's at home. The conversation he has with this friend, I'm going to call her M, was about the fact that Tyler was mad. His mom had taken away his phone and I'm sure was keeping a close eye on him. And there was probably some type of grounded situation happening. Tyler, yep, she's a C word for show. He says, the c word but i'm not comfortable enough on my podcast to say that yet so i'm gonna say c word yep she's a c word for show for show spelled f-o-s-h-o um so yep yep she's a c word for show i might kill her 
M. Oh my God, no jail! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! Or I mean prison! Exclamation mark! LOL. Tyler. Oh well. A heart. A emoticon. A few weeks before all this had started to really unravel, um, Tyler's older brother, Ryan, he had moved out of home. So he had moved to North Carolina just weeks previous to this. So it just left Tyler and his parents uh, at the family home. And Tyler was getting into a lot of trouble, but he wanted to throw a house party, but his parents were not happy with him. He was... He was being quite rebellious and he had even been talking about it for a few weeks but all of his friends didn't think it would happen because it didn't seem like his parents would leave him alone with the house and and give him that responsibility and it didn't seem like his parents would give him permission to have a party like how some parents will let their kids have a party but they'll like stay in the in the back of the house or in a different room and promise not to come out just you know just to be there to keep an eye on things but you know never make an appearance it wasn't that kind of situation the night before the party tyler had grabbed a pair of hedge clippers went into his parents bedroom and stood over them as they slept he was contemplating killing them in their sleep but after several minutes he decided not to and left the room oh wow okay how haunting is that vision that would have been so terrifying to wake up what if they would have woke up what would he have told them oh i'm just doing yard work just moving some tools around in your room at nighttime like i it's so terrifying to think of that situation so this brings us to the morning of july 16th the morning of the party So the night before, Tyler had hedge clippers and was standing over his parents as they slept, wanting to murder them, didn't, left, went back to his room, probably went to bed, not sure what he did. So we're at the morning of July 16th. Tyler's parents were not home. They had gone out to run some errands. They were busy that day. They they had stuff to do. And he had friends over. And while they were hanging out, smoking weed, Tyler had stated he wanted to have a party that night and his parents would be in Orlando. So the morning of his party, he's telling his friends he wants to have a party and his parents are going away and he's also online having conversations with his friends. So here is a conversation that Tyler was having at 9.40 a.m. that morning. And this friend, I'm going to call him M. M, did you do it? Tyler, not yet, but I'm gonna. M, bet, question mark, you really should now do it. Tyler, don't worry, I am. Then I'm having a party. Then we have another conversation between Tyler and another friend at 11.25 a.m. that same day with a friend, and I'm going to call him A. Tyler, sup, brah? A, chillin', what you doing tonight? Tyler, trying to have a party at my crib. A, your parents ain't home? Tyler, nope, well, they're leaving soon. Two hours later at 1.15 p.m., he posts on his Facebook wall. Uh, quote party at my crib tonight dot 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 maybe unquote his friends are very doubtful that this party is gonna happen like they didn't really take Tyler seriously ever the same day between 5 and 6 p.m. Tyler took three ecstasy pills hid his parents cell phones from them so they couldn't call for help if things didn't go to plan Put on a song, Feel Lucky by Lil Boozy, which I've never heard of. I don't know if you want to pause it, listen to it, 
come back let me know he also had retrieved a 17 inch framing hammer um that he had been um put away he had had it put away for this occasion so some sources say claw hammer if you read about this case you'll see a lot of people saying claw hammer but when i watched the resentencing um the judge read out in court 17 inch framing hammer so i'm gonna go with that because i heard it from you know from a, from a review from a judge um it's also believed that he waited for his brother to move away before carrying out this plan so he had this plan his brother moved away and he was waiting for this he then went into the kitchen where 47-year-old Mary Jo Hadley, Tyler's mom, was working on the family computer and stood behind her for up to five minutes before he started to deliver the deadly blows to her head with the pointy side of the hammer. So this hammer, if you're not familiar with a framing hammer, which I was not, I had to um, look up an image of it. It's not like um a regular hammer what I don't, I don't i would call it a regular hammer where it has the curved claws that you can grab nails and then rock them out instead they're they're straight so imagine like an uh, kind of like an ice pick like two of like imagine just like a regular hammer but except without the curved claws they're just straight so it's serious damage can be done with this so he started to bludgeon his mother with the pointy end of that hammer just brutal his father came running out from the master bedroom to see what was happening because he heard mary joe screaming why why so he comes running out and he is just met with this grisly scene of his son swinging the hammer repeatedly hitting his wife's skull 54 year old blake hadley uh, Tyler's dad who by the way is over six feet tall and weighing in at 300 pounds so he's a big guy he also started to yell why why and Tyler's response was why the fuck not as he then turned the hammer onto his father as he beat his father to death with the hammer he continued to yell why the fuck not over and over again after he killed his father, he went back to finish killing his mother, as she wasn't dead yet. The autopsy report read Mary Jo had 36 blows and Blake 39 blows from a, for a combined total of 75 blows. To really understand that viciousness, just right now, swing an imaginary hammer 75 times that is an incredibly large amount of blows that suggests a crazy amount of hatred each swing would have sprayed blood all over the house also known as high velocity blood spatter there was blood on the ceilings walls floors furnitures pictures everywhere there was blood everywhere once tyler had finished his deadly rampage he he wrapped his parents heads in towels and placed them both face down on the master bedroom floor both of these actions of you know wrapping their head in a towel and placing them face down that suggests a lot of guilt he could have left them face up but he didn't he then threw the murder weapon in between them the hammer he threw the murder weapon in between them. his hammers in between them they're laying face down and then he started piling all kinds of stuff from the house on top of them so like dining room chairs um you know they were in there um a rug and a mop and just any basically anything covered with blood and and just like 
household items just random stuff just just completely covered them but it was a big heaping pile he then spent hours cleaning up the blood but he must have done a terrible job because there was blood evidence left all over the house while he was cleaning up the blood that is when he made that 815 post about the party at his house hmu hit him hit me up you know that's when he made that post as he's cleaning up this blood he goes on facebook makes that post at 8 28 p.m tyler is photographed by a bank atm using his father's bank card pulling out money 11 p.m party goers were pouring into the hadley house which was previously a brutal murder scene so he murders his parents he puts the word out about having a party just a few hours later there is people partying in here and he was and he was telling people hey don't smoke in here this is my parents house that's kind of weird that he would be saying that that's so he murders his parents but then he tells people not to smoke in the house because it's his parents house i don't know some guests say he looked anxious and some say he looked calm and withdrawn his demeanor seemed to be changing throughout the night most people at the party didn't even know who tyler was or that it was his house or his party they were just thought they were going you know they didn't know it was a random party and they were there they couldn't have pointed him out in the crowd they were just there because they heard about a big party happening you know could it be that tyler killed his parents to have a party just to make friends because and make people like him because if that was the plan then it kind of worked because it's estimated around 100 people attended so let me set the scene of this party what's going on at this party there's people playing beer pong right behind the family computer in the kitchen where mary joe had recently met her demise at that computer which now had an open playlist on it and party goers were typing on that keyboard typing in songs to put on cue and as they're typing on that keyboard you know some people noticed that wow this keyboard is sure covered in a sticky brown substance in fact there were pools of sticky brown liquid on the floors and at one point the beer pong ball they're you know playing beer pong it's bouncing back and forth it gets away it falls off the table it starts to roll under the table but it is quickly stopped because it rolls in to a pool of sticky brown liquid the beer pong player picks up the ball he's like "Ooh, gross sticky brown substance weird what is that i don't know goes over to the sink rinses it off continues playing with the ball so that ball is now landing in their drinks and then they're drinking it the party goers were unknowingly playing in the blood of tyler's parents tyler was growing increasingly worried about the police coming due to a noise complaint so he ordered everyone stay inside he's like everyone stay inside you're being too loud i don't want the cops to come they're probably like well you told us not to smoke in here we want to smoke you know we want to smoke we're gonna go outside and he was like you know what everyone just smoke in here so he's like everyone stay inside and you can all smoke in here doesn't matter anymore do whatever you want bottles were being broken cigarettes were being put out on every surface in reach such as the carpets counters tables the tile floors everywhere there was just cigarettes butts everywhere hungry kids were getting into the the cupboards they were just rampaging the place they were just tearing it apart eating whatever they wanted putting cigarettes out putting cigarette butts out everywhere smashing bottles just rampaging Tyler had been telling different people stories that night about where his parents were because I'm sure they were like 
man, this party's wild. Like, aren't your parents going to be mad? And he was telling them, oh, they're in Orlando. And he told one person, they don't live here anymore. This is my house. Another person he told they were in Florida. It's unclear at this point if people actually knew, but one kid was walking around the party saying he could smell dead people. Other kids all laughed um, when someone said he murdered his parents. So maybe they all thought it was a joke because they were all laughing. People people were talking about it. There was, it was, you know, it's not like nobody said anything. People were saying he murdered his parents. Smells like dead people. And let's not forget that Tyler had been openly talking about it for a while. He had even said he, like, he, like, was, like, detailed with what he told people. He told them that he wanted to kill his parents, have a party, and then kill himself. So, I'm sure this was getting around and people were like, okay, maybe he did do it, but that's so far-fetched that it would never happen that I'm going to say it is a joke because that doesn't, it, it, it could never happen. It's probably what they're thinking. By 12.30 a.m., Tyler's party was running out of beer. There was a 21-year-old male at the party and um, Tyler had said, hey, can you go like, pick up some more beer like I'll pay you and he get, he pulled out a big wad of cash probably the cash he pulled out of the ATM from when he used his father's bank card after he murdered him probably that is the cash that that, that was so the guy was like sure no worries you know I can yeah I'll get you more beer so the guy was like yep cool he jumps in the truck Tyler jumps in the truck his girlfriend comes along for the ride they go to the nearest store that's open and selling beer. The guy runs in to, to buy the four cases of Bush Light. Yes, Bush Light. That is what was requested. So the guy runs in to go buy four cases of Bush Light, leaving the guy's girlfriend and Tyler in the truck together. And Tyler tells her that his father had died. She didn't know Tyler, and she thought he meant a while ago, not a couple hours ago, and she definitely didn't know that it was him who had killed his father. So now back at the party, they're restocked with bush light, they're ready to rage again, keep the rage going I should say. Kids were walking around selling pills and weed and smoking weed and smoking cigarettes and drinking booze and playing beer pong. Beer pong was still going on of course. Um, a kid came running in half naked with the neighbor's mailbox and he was just whipping it around all willy-nilly just knocking shit over and spilling bottles and and spilling beer and breaking bottles and in this made Tyler very uneasy he was like hey that's a felony starts yelling at the kid that's a felony like don't do that that's a felony so he knew tampering with mail tampering with a mailbox in America is a is a felony and he he was like not get that out of here like no way he was nervous about this so somebody eventually brought the neighbor's mailbox back I don't know who but it ended up back on the neighbor's yard more people were still showing up after receiving text messages about how massive this party was getting and the house was really starting to smell like sweaty clothes that had been piled up for too long according to one guest that's how he describes it and yep I believe it Florida heat, 100 sweaty kids smoking in a closed up house, spilled booze, two dead bodies. That's going to start to smell very, very fast. Tyler tried to confide in one of the party goers that was leaving. So this guy was like, you know, bye, thanks for the party. And then Tyler's like, oh, let me just come outside with you. Goes outside with the guy. And then Tyler says, dude, 
I did some things, I might go away for life. I don't know. I'm freaking out right now. And the party goer responds, what are you talking about? And then Tyler says, dude, I know you are not going to believe me. I freaking killed somebody. The party goer says, dude, you killing somebody is your own business. Don't be telling me that sort of thing. I don't need to know. Tyler soon found another confidant because, you know, that kid wasn't having none of it. So he goes in the party. This this really nice kid comes up. I'm say, I say nice. I say he has good manners because he comes up to thank Tyler for having the party and supplying the beer. So he's like, thanks for having this party, man. Like, great beer. Like, you know, awesome. And then, and in return, Tyler says to the kid that he wanted to kill himself because he did a bad thing and that if he got caught, he would go to jail for a long time. So I don't know this kid's reaction, but I'm sure he was like, okay, thanks for the beer. Bye. After dropping so many not so subtle hints, Tyler finds his best friend at the party. So he finds his best friend. He says, hey, will you come outside with me? And the best friend was like, yeah, sure, man. Like we've been best friends forever. Like so like they had been best friends since a very long time, years and years and years. So his best friend is like, yep, okay. So they go outside and they walk up the street a little bit and um, Tyler tells his friend, hey, like I murdered my parents. And his best friend was like, no, you didn't. What? Like he didn't believe him at all. And then Tyler told him to look around for the signs, such as both of his parents' cars still in the driveway. How could his parents be on a trip without their cars? He then took him into the garage where he saw a bloody footprint and he was like, oh, what is that? Um, what? You know, still don't know if he fully believed him yet. And then Tyler took him into the master bedroom where he saw blood on the door. He saw blood soaked towels. He saw a pile of household items with blood on it. And then he saw a human leg sticking out of the heap. His best friend finally believes that Tyler has in fact murdered his parents. And he requested one last photo be taken together because he knew his friend was going to go away forever. I will, this photo, it's so haunting. When you know the context of this photo, if you don't know anything about this photo, you'd be like, okay, it's just like a, a, a poor quality photo of two friends who don't look very happy standing at a party. Or you, you wouldn't even know it's at a party. It's in a garage. Um, I'm going to post this photo on the Hell No, a True Crime podcast Instagram account. So if you want to check it out there, you can see it there. Or I'm sure a quick Google search, you can find this image. It is haunting when you know what's like the context of it, like what has happened before this photo and why they're taking it. So by 2 a.m., a rumor goes around the party that there's another party happening. So in typical teenage fashion, they all run outside, jump in their cars, start peeling off down the street. This made the neighbors call the police because it was so hectic. 14 cars loaded with drunk teens screaming and rampaging down the road, probably taking their shirts off and whipping them around and throwing beer bottles. And it was probably quite a scene. So the police come out um, on the noise complaint to Tyler's house and there's about 20 guests there around this time, you know, that who didn't leave to go to this other rumored party. So he told them to hide. So they all hid um, and then the police knocks on the door and Tyler answers the door to talk to the police. Basically, the police just say, hey, keep it down. We got a noise complaint. Tyler says, yep, will do. They leave. The police were there. They were at the door 
and they left just that's upon reflection that is wild about a half hour after this a bunch of kids come back to the party because the other party that they all peeled off to and they're all like yeah party that party wasn't happening that was a lie in fact the girl came out in her pajamas and she was like i'm not having a party like get the hell out of here at this point tyler was talking about killing himself at the party and one of his friends had taken the 10 Percocet pills that Tyler had and he must have told his friend like I'm going to take these to kill myself because the friend took them from Tyler and then hid them in a closet in in the home as the night went on Tyler was getting increasingly paranoid and agitated he was running around the house he was looking through all the windows and shutting off all the lights and he was just he he was paranoid by 4 a.m., everyone had left the party. At 4.30 a.m., Tyler had posted he was having another party that night. As I was researching this case, my neighbors, not directly beside me, but like across the road and like a few houses down or um, I'm not exactly sure, but they were, ha- I could hear them for four nights. They were having a party and it was like, and it all sounded like teenagers. Um, and I was like, researching this case listening to that four nights in a row they don't really usually have parties so of course I was side eye in that situation like a paranoid true crime podcaster um the parties have stopped there and I haven't seen police so I'm sure it's okay anyways back to back to the case so he then paced back and forth with huge unblinking eyes going from the bookshelf to the master bedroom carrying books from the bookshelf to the master bedroom and throwing them on top of the the pile of household items that his parents lay under and he was talking mumbling to himself and and talking to himself and just looking very unruly little did he know the police were watching him from the street Tyler's best friend, the one that he had showed the bodies to, had gone home and called Crime Stoppers on Tyler for the murder. The police knock on the door and Tyler turns all the lights out. House goes dark. So, but, you know, Tyler, he does answer the door. So Tyler answered the door and the officer just drew his gun, just pointed the gun at him. And because Tyler just looked so unruly, they said his pupils were ginormous, like basically no color in his eye. They were just all pupil, all pupes. Um, they handcuffed him, and you know, you know, they had him down on the ground, hands behind his back. One officer goes to check the house out, like the inside of the house out, and as he's entering, Tyler yells at him, "You can't go in there." And I'm sure the officer was like, buddy, I'm going in. Something ain't right, you know? So that officer quickly found the bodies of Blake and Mary Jo Hadley. The house was totally ransacked. And another sad discovery about this was the Hadleys had two dogs, a Labrador and a blind and deaf beagle. And they were discovered cowering hiding in the home separately so the lab was locked in a closet and the beagle was in another room and they were both terrified and they weren't even together like if they could have like hid together it would have been you know maybe less heartbreaking but they were like separated and they had been there for the murders for the party they had been in that house the whole time just so scared probably hungry probably had to go to the toilet like just so much just so sad 
47-year-old Mary Jo and 54-year-old Blake Hadley will be greatly missed by the community, family, and friends. They were very they were a very hardworking and loving family and they only wanted what was best for everyone around them. Almost a thousand people showed up to Mary Jo and Blake Hadley's funeral on July 23rd at 11 a.m. at St. Lucie Catholic Church where they had been faithful attendees every Sunday. In March 2014, Tyler Hadley just escapes the death sentence as he was six and a half months shy of his 18th birthday when he killed his parents. He pleaded no contest to two counts of first degree murder. He did not testify. There was astronomical amounts of evidence pointing to the premeditation. After all, he was talking about it for months leading up to the party that he wanted to kill his parents, have a party, and then kill himself. He was sentenced to two life sentences. His attorney appealed the sentencing and won the appeal for a new sentencing. They wanted to try for 40 years with a review at 25 years instead of the two life sentences. In prison, he called himself Hammer Boy and even signed autographs with the quote, it's hammer time. So I'm not sure if he's just using this as prison clout or if he is really this heartless. According to an article on tcpalm.com, Dr. Robert Kinschiff, a psychologist, was hired by Tyler Hadley's defense team. The article they published has an in-depth look into the mental state and thoughts Tyler Hadley had leading up to the murders. Dr. Kinschiff met with Tyler in 2017 at a prison he was being held at. The doctor then partook in a recorded deposition and also testified in the resentencing of 2018 that Tyler is capable of rehabilitation. Here is a summary of a conversation between the doctor and Tyler. So Dr. Kinship had asked Tyler if his thoughts on killing were general or just about his parents, to which Tyler responded the thoughts were just about killing them, like killing his parents. Um, The doctor then asked if he had any ideas what brought those thoughts on, to which Tyler responded he was probably just mad about getting into trouble, and he started to think about killing them every day like an obsession. He said he didn't plan how not to get caught, just that he would kill them and then kill himself. The doctor asked him if he told anyone he was thinking these thoughts. Tyler said, yeah, he told people about the thoughts, but it started as a joke. Then he started to think about it a lot. The doctor then asked Tyler if he can recall his emotions that day while he attacked his parents. Tyler says he was angry and he describes it as a blind rage. Remembering his teeth were clenched and that he could feel the rage coming out of his eyes. He even says that he must have looked like a psycho killer. He describes himself as being covered in blood, detached, and in some sort of trance. After it was finished, the obsessive thoughts had stopped and he felt relieved and then detached. When asked why he covered their bodies, Tyler says he covered his mother and father's faces with towels because he wanted to make them anonymous as if he couldn't look at them. Quote, I couldn't look at them as persons that I just did this to, unquote. He is not sure why he buried them in the household items. He just knew the old stuff had to go and 
in detail some items such as pictures, a broken television, a spoon box. A, a spoon box is, is something um, that hangs on the wall and people put those decorative collectible spoons in it. It had to, you know, it had to go, he said. Then he goes on to answer a question about what he remembers from it and says his rage faded into detachment which lasted for months after the killings as if it didn't seem real he remembers posting on facebook while cleaning up the blood from the rest of his answer it sounds like he was carrying out this obsessive plan which you know he he was to kill his parents then have the house party then take his own life like he's just moving through the motions without control when asked how he had been thinking of, of killing himself because he said he wanted to kill his parents, have the party, and then take his own life. So they asked him, how were you planning on doing that? And he told them carbon monoxide poisoning. But I, he told his one friend he was going to take those Percocets. So I think he had a few different plans in motion here about that. Tyler said that on the day of the murders, he had never reached that extreme feeling of rage before towards anyone, not even his parents. I can't even imagine the amount of rage you would have to feel to be able to to do that. That's that would be so much rage. And he he did say that he he regrets killing his parents. When asked why he had the party the day of the murders, he just simply said he had never had a party that big before, which doesn't really seem like an answer to me, but there you go. When asked what he thinks about his sentences, he states pretty fair, but he's hoping for some relief. The doctor asked Tyler if he feels sorry for anything he has done in his life, to which Tyler says, yes, the entire incident and and all the times he was being a dumb kid and, and doing things like stealing and vandalizing. In response to the question of how he feels about himself and what is his main failure, he said he doesn't like himself too much and that his main failure would probably be his whole life. And if he could tell his parents something right now, he would say sorry. In 2018, Tyler Hadley had a resentencing. The judge read that the court finds Tyler's acts to be a display of perverse premeditation, heartless cruelty and savagery, extreme violence, willingness to mutilate, and absolute depravity. He was resentenced to two life sentences in prison, so the exact same outcome as the first sentencing. He never got that relief he was after. Much of the family members do not seem to be too upset with the outcome of the trial. So that was the Tyler Hadley case. It is very disturbing that a teenager could carry out such violent acts on the on the people who only wanted the best for him. It is just so disturbing. Ryan Hadley, Tyler's older brother, he's written a book on what it has been like to overcome such tragedy. It is called A Thousand Fireflies, and I will link it in my show notes along with the sources in which I pulled my information from. To Tyler Hadley, I say, hell no. That concludes this episode of Hell No, a true crime podcast. Thanks for listening. 